Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Um, I just want to say a robust thank you to all of our listeners. Oh, God. They were like, to calm down. No, I was, what I was going to point out was the one who alerted us to another commercial with a singing lady part. Um, that was really funny. Wow, that's disturbing. Uh, but this is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Uh, we've got a question for you. That question is, what's the most Instagrammable food? I know that sounds like a dumb question. I don't care, but here's why. All y'all's taking pictures of your food. And we got science on uh, what you're taking pictures of. That's why we're asking. 651-641-1071. Please give us a call. What food do you love to take pictures of and post on Insties? Now, the story behind this, Colleen, is that millennials are destroying food. Uh, and I mean, add it to the list. Don't we have a laundry list of the things that millennials have murdered? Exactly. And this time, they're basically ruining food by... Um, the headline from this story is so ridiculous. Millennials say Italian food is their favorite. Dot, dot, dot. Because it's Instagrammable. So, like, they're not a super fan of Italian food because it's delicious. No, or, it's as just, they would say, delicioso. It just looks good on Instagram. It looks good on social media. What? So, this multi-generational study, it, it found all sorts of fascinating things that we could talk about and have separate conversations about. But in regard to millennials and what they take pictures of, it turned out that, like... um there's like a whole list of the foods that they actually found to be most Instagrammable. That's hilarious. So like they ranked them in order oh of what gosh. was most appealing on social media. Now, pizza was number one by yeah, far, duh. which that's kind of understandable because it's round. It fits within the frame of a <laughs> photo. You know, I'm just saying like there's, mean, a, there's a geometry. Round. There's a geometry, right? It's what the kids would call an aesthetic. Yes. Would they call it? I'm, yes, it is an aesthetic. Now, pizza, 41%. Okay. Most appealing. Okay. Followed by, get this, bruschetta. Ooh, what? Really? Just or, some toast with some tomatoes like, junk on it? It's just basically toast covered with stuff. Number I three. I mean, I'm not saying I'd kick it out of bed. No, I'm just saying. But again, I like Italian food because cheese, let's say, or a rich and satiating marinara sauce because it tastes good of a uh naples crust Mm, yes he loves (laughs) the chew of a naples crust he does uh number three lasagna number four spaghetti bolognese 
uh, caprese salad, spaghetti carbonara, calzones, number eight, prawn linguine. That's so <laughs> specific. I know. Nine, tagliatelle, uh, number 10, pesto pasta. I, this is so This bizarre. is so dumb. And like, I get it because I love to take pictures of food because I love to eat food. And sometimes the food is truly Instagram worthy and yes. you can lump it or like it. I don't care. But I think sometimes you see food and you're like, oof. That needs to be shared. Well, I mean, sometimes it really is so artfully presented mm. that you have to take a picture of it because you're about to eat it. It's going to be gone. And you'd like to remember how beautiful it looked before you put your face all over it. And I will say of the things that I like. So to answer our actual question, which was what's the what's the food that you actually like to take Instagram? Oh, wait, can I guess? Of? Oh, yeah. Burgers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's because the only thing I post probably in food terms. But it also is like a passion of yours. You're passionately pro-burger. But burgers also, there's a symmetry. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. There's a texture experience. There's glistening. Yeah, and it's got multiple (laughs) layers. Okay, see, (laughs) you were going to make fun of the fact that the millennials have ruined Italian food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you're getting real deep on your burgers. Yeah, you're getting I, burger deep. But like, for example, I'm, I'm trying to remember. We went to a fancy restaurant, and just taking a fancy restaurant in town because Jamie really wanted to go. It was really good food, but it, and it was totally Instagram worthy food. But I never would have thought like, oh, I need to take photos of these. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually because it's like a new for me burger place, or you're just like, whoa, that needs some. That needs some Instagram that love. Needs some grammar. <laughs> I got to gram it. Do you um, take pictures of your food? I don't usually. Honestly, I don't. It doesn't even occur to me to do it unless, like I said, there's something unique about the presentation of it or if it's something different that you don't get like at your, you know, Olive Garden yeah. or something. Or it's something I will say, you know, we take a lot of photos of junk food uh-huh. um, because that's something near and dear to our hearts. So I'll right. post like our cheat day Friday stuff occasionally. But I will take, and I, but I often, I don't know, I rarely, here's the reason why I rarely actually end up posting food. Cause the things that I'm compelled to take pictures of are things that are plated beautifully or, you know, like are, strike me. They're pleasing to the eye, right? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes then if you post that, it's like you come off as a little bit shishi. When you're posting a shishi meal or something like that. Oh, sure. You yeah, know, there's so a like way to I'll do avoid it. that. If possible. Yeah. But um, I usually keep them for myself. I just like to look at my own food. But I will say um, what I've noticed is that people will take photos of their food to do the thing that you said, which is they're like, look at me eating a shishi piece of uh, food. And usually the photo will suffer as a result. Like, because they're not really interested in sharing something aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Right. They're interested in sort of making themselves look faint. Right. Exactly. Um, but I can tell you this right now. I mean, I have never taken a picture of a pizza. Oh, really? No. Oh, I would totally take a picture of a pizza. I'm sure we have for cheat day Friday. Yeah, but like not like on my own time. No. Like I just can't imagine myself being like, oh. Well, if it was like a picture of this. No, but if it was like, you know, if it was just, you know. Like a real good pizza? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. Anyway, thank you, millennials, for sharing your Italian food with us. Again, millennials like to take photos of Italian food, not because it's delicious, because it's Instagrammable.
I love it. Thanks, guys. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, this weekend, it was chilly outside. It was wet. It was snowy at times. uh, And I was cozy in front of the television. And one of the things I watched was a much-anticipated Breaking Bad movie called El Camino on Netflix. And I want to tell you about it and why I think it seriously is the future of reboots after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. All right, so it was a freezing cold weekend, and uh, I had no business being outside. So we spent a lot of time on the couch watching the things that we've been putting off watching on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey. And one of the things that uh, we watched at my house was El Camino. And this oh, yeah. is uh, a Breaking Bad movie um, that aired on Netflix or that is available, I should say, on Netflix. And it started, it became available last Friday. So a lot of people were watching it over the weekend. So is this like a continuation of Breaking Bad? So this is what I think is so cool about this uh, movie. And this is why I think it really could be the future of reboots and actually should be the future of reboots. Um, Yes, it was a continuation of Breaking Bad based on the character called uh, or the character played by Aaron Paul in the TV show, Jesse Pinkman. Um, And there, you know, a lot of times when a series ends, if it ends, if it's if it's a good series ending, you should have some questions about what happened next, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, like whatever happened to X, Y, or Z. And so, the creators of Breaking Bad thought, okay, well, why don't we tease this out? Like, let's see what happens to Jesse Pinkman, the character. And it's a two-hour-long movie. Um, that tells what happens next in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I watched Breaking Bad years after the fact. Like, yeah. I binged it with my husband. Um, and we really, like, I loved the show. He'd already binged it once by the time I started with him. So he was watching it for the second time. Now, he's since watched it for a third time. Good Lord. In preparation for this. Okay. I don't know where he found the time. Don't even get me started. But whatever he did, I don't know. He did it. So, <clears throat> so we. Sat down. Now, I have to admit, I was really rusty because it has been years since I watched that show. Yeah. But I think that that's also part of it, like the timing of it. The story of Breaking Bad, there's also Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Saul was a character in Breaking Bad. Yeah. And I think that, you know, so we've still been connected to that storyline in some way, sure, shape, it's still or form. Been out there. And that was a popular show. Yeah. Um, that's been a popular show, but this was another way of like getting, you know, getting us back from the finale of Breaking Bad and seeing forward and, um, all of the right people were involved. The tone of it was very much proper for Breaking Bad. And it was sort of like the closure that we needed as Breaking Bad fans to see what happened to Jesse Pinkman. Now, what's interesting about it was that there were other characters that we've encountered in Breaking Bad that show up again and leave with question marks. So it's like there's a possibility to tease those out as well. I mean, it would be very easy, I would say, for them to make a franchise out of this. Yeah. So I get what you're saying is the the reason you think this would be good for reboots or continuations or rehashing or whatever you want to call it 
is to, you know, pick up a part of the storyline that remains untold versus forcing something down our throats that maybe we weren't really even thinking about. Yeah. So I because I think about it in terms of, you know, if obviously like Breaking Bad lends itself well to this type of treatment because um, you were really invested in the characters and who they were. They were interesting. They were tense. They were um, it was sort of unbelievable. It, they came from a, like a world, and I don't mean like a supernatural world, but the world of Breaking Bad is very different than I'm guessing what the majority of the people, people who watch watched it, yeah. it, you know, really lived. So it told sort of a, a story about a piece of the culture that you're not, you normally aren't intersecting with. Um, but so there's a lot of, so it's ripe for that kind of treatment but i do think it would work for things that we seem to like people love a reboot but then once the reboot arrives we're like yeah it's not really what i wanted well and i like that it's a continuation of something you know like uh for example beverly hills 90210 it was not a continuation it was sort of like a like let's go off into left field using yeah. the same people with a, a thin premise that's connected to the original, but it's not really sort of a continuation. Some of the ones that we've done are continuations, like the Full ha- Fuller House is like a continuation, yeah. right? Yep, and Girl Meets World is another one of those. That's a Raven's House, which was That's So Raven. Presumably not as, you know, those those took place far longer after the original, so things were probably a little different than the storytelling world of, you know, uh, Breaking Bad. It's not like gener- you know, like a generation has passed. Right. Um it also makes me think of like the Downton Abbey continuation, like that movie very much appealed to people who loved the show. So it's not like you're going to go watch the Breaking Bad movie if you don't have a connection to the original series, right. probably. Right. But. The other thing, um, it, it, because the other thing it reminds me of is like the, the Sex and the City movies, um, which were successful. But then when you think about it, and the other, the other series that did this was, um, Oh, geez, not the X Factor. What's it called? The one with X-Files. the aliens, X Files. That, like, but when they put the feature film then in movie theaters, then it means that you have to get up and go to the movies and sit and watch it. Was in the this theater. one in theaters too? Uh, I don't believe so. My understanding is that it was just it was for just, Netflix. I just know Netflix um, likes to shove them in the theater. I now. think that they are. That this movie El Camino is in movie theaters okay. too. Okay. Okay. Well, I that would have been awesome to see in the theater too because it, there's. Yes, but but what I think is interesting about this is it it gave us like I got to scratch my itch. Yeah, but it also got my husband back involved in the series. So then it makes your Netflix uh, membership necessary because suddenly you're like going back to refer or like you could watch the Breaking Bad movie El Camino Mm -hmm. and then go back and watch. The series, the series, yeah, like you just it have keeps that people interested. Exactly, of the original. Exactly, and I just think it was, I, I honestly felt like this was the exact perfect way to. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To revisit the characters and present them in an interesting way that was totally engaging. Um, and I and I would love to see it. I would love to see it again with Breaking Bad. I would love to see other shows do this. Yeah. Um, well, and I bet you anything Netflix is going to do that with I would a lot of other so. series that they have you know, control over because, I mean, you could see probably not House of Cards, but shows like that where, you know, they they are, have such a a go-to. People love to revisit those series and watch, binge watch them. You know, yeah. a two-hour movie that you invest in will just, you know, do all sorts of things to keep people in your bubble from yeah. a business perspective. It keeps you in, in you know, the universe of Netflix. And what what they did really beautifully in this uh, El Camino movie is they, they combined sort of like present day, like what's happening with Jesse Pinkman's character to, and they did some flashbacks, which were not part of the original show. Hmm. So they literally had to reshoot. They had to shoot a flashback. Hmm. Um, and that meant that some of the characters that have passed on could be, show up again. So you had new memories. So you had new memories new of them memories. or context for other elements that you had seen in the original show. It was just masterfully done and I I cannot recommend it enough. And I know that there are other shows that this type of treatment is like absolutely perfect for. And I am hopeful to your point that Netflix will go, okay, wait a minute, we've got something here. We should do more of this. Yeah. But also not exploit it. Because that's the other thing that we have a tendency to do. Right. Overdo it. Yeah. It's not for everybody. But exactly. Uh, Anyway, El Camino, if you are at all a Breaking Bad fan and you almost do have to be a Breaking Bad fan in order to really appreciate it. But it's available to you on Netflix uh, as we speak. And it's it's awesome. It's awesome to revisit those characters. Now, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show each and every day, we like to visit some celebrities behaving badly. And we have a nasty name. We call them D-Bag. We're going to tell you. Who has earned the title of D-Bag after this, right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. name for celebrities behaving badly on the Colleen and Bradley show. Name? My Talk 1071 streaming live at mytalk1071.com everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom Bradley trainer Bradley. We <laughs> what call is, them we call them D-bags. What does that stand for? Presenting D-bags. Lord and Lady Douchebag of the day. Yep. I am offended. Are you offended by D-bags? No. Okay, well, good, because my D-bag is full. And it's uh, Kim Card... No, it's Kanye. I forgot which one. I know it's it's hard, right? It's a Kardashian adjacent. Kardashian. And uh, this time it's Kardashian adjacent. Kanye West. And uh, Holly actually referenced this story in the dirt alert for this hour that Kanye West apparently slammed Kim Kardashian's Met Gala look for being quote, too sexy. So I don't know if you remember that iconic corset dress. Oh, how could you forget? She literally told us that she could barely sit down. It was, she was cinched in so tight. Exactly. 
Um, like she was going to have to like wee wee herself or something, right? Can you imagine? Oh gosh, that must have just hurt. Oh, that I just I feel bad for Kim anyway for a number of reasons today because she's married to Kanye West. So after almost a year of preparation, as Cosmo points out, she waited, um, or Kanye waited rather, to let his feelings about the dress be known, which are... Um, Wait, you mean he waited till cameras were rolling? Yes. Yeah. Quote, like the corset underwear, all that vibe. I just feel like I just went through this transition of being rapper and looking at all these girls. I didn't realize that that was affecting my soul and my spirit. And then he made it clear that he was not into her showing off her body, especially when... Um, He's married to her and the mother of their children. Who the heck does he think he is? She was not having this saying quote. Good. I, you know what? And Listen, this was all from last night's Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I will give her credit for standing up to this. Oh, yeah, she does. But I take issue with it. Okay. Let's go there. So the night before, this is Kim Kardashian speaking, the night before you're... You're going to come in here and say you're not into the corset look. You're giving me really bad anxiety. I don't need any more negative energy. Um, He pressed the point saying, you're my wife. It affects me when pictures are too sexy, to which she said, and this is what I have issue with. Let's unpack it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You built me up to be a sexy person and have confidence. Just because you're on a journey and you're in a transformation doesn't mean I'm in the same spot with you. So... Yes, applaud for standing up for yourself, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, whatever. However, you're uh, you built me up to be a sexy person and have confidence. Ew. Yeah, ew, that's gross. Ew. I'm pretty sure you were doing the sexy confidence thing when you had the sex tape. Number one, right. Number two, you knew exactly what you were doing using your body and your look to get what you wanted. Kudos, you. But don't put that on him. Right, like but it feels like a convenient, like it almost to me feels like she knew that that was the way she was going to get him in the corner she needed him to be in. Yeah, is say like you as my husband who is now trying to exert your power over me. The power you previously exerted over me was different power, and so now I just want you to know you had a role in this. I get the math she's using, but it it's, doesn't tell it, the story. It's the right argument. It's the wrong like math right. meaning. It's the like if the the professor was looking at the problem solving you did on a piece of paper, like you got the right result, but with the wrong math. Exactly. Like it is not like you are you stand up for yourself alone. He had no part in that. Now, on the one hand, I get what she's saying, because I bet that's kind of how she views things. Well, yes. I think that's wrong. Right. But I kind of feel like that's the, but also my reaction to that is that's sad. Yeah. Because oh, it's so sad. your husband had to build you up to do what you're feeling confident doing. And then you're letting him take you down and give you more anxiety because he doesn't approve of what you're wearing. I mean, that regardless of what he actually said is sad enough. And this is all part and parcel to, you know, we've, we talked about this early on in their relationship that he was styling her and she would talk about it. Like Kanye won't let me go out of the house and X, you know, if I'm not wearing X, Y, or Z or he helped me, you know, get rid of my entire wardrobe and start from scratch. She has relied on him. Also, isn't that weird? Yes. Like what woman relies on their man to like, you know, men can dress women. I'm not saying that, but like your husband, like it's one thing to be like, do you think I look good in this? Drives Jamie up a wall when I ask him that question. Right. By the way, he gets because it's anxiety it's, producing. It's so anxiety yeah. pro- producing for him. 
which I'm just like, I just need to know, is this right. good or bad? Right. But like, I don't rely on him. Like, that's like a weird controlly thing that right. I just don't understand, I guess. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think there's something seriously unhealthy because what that says is she's a trophy that he presents to the world. Yeah. And then he's still regarding it that way when he says basically like, I don't like it when you look this sexy. You're my woman. Yeah. Like you can look like that back here oh, at the God, cave. Just seems like, but we can't leave the cave with you looking like it literally that. Literally, it's the Flintstones. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not even because Fred would never say that about Wilma. He does. No. He's too busy eating brontosaurus burgers with Barney to exactly. give a rat's behind. But like, it just screams of like 1950s. Like you're not gonna. It's like that scene in Tu Wong Fu when she's making the chili and he tastes spice and then drops it all over the floor. Oh, oh poor Stalker Channing. It's the worst. Oh. Oh, I just felt for her in that moment. Would you like to know who my D-bag is? Yes. Oh, look. It's a Kardashian. Oh. This time it's Chloe. Chloe. Chloe oh. Kardashian. Did you see this? I feeling I know what this is about, and I'm hoping you'll tell me the whole story. She posted an Instagram picture of herself and her beautiful daughter, Stormy. Oh. Her daughter with Tristan Thompson. Did I say Stormy? I meant true. Yeah, I was going to say Stormy. I get my Kardashian grandchildren mixed up. It's hard. That's correct. Stormy is Kylie's. True is Chloe's with Tristan Thompson. She posted a picture of the two of them. She's basically like, you're my ride or die. Like, you're the cutest thing in the world. And I totally love you. And it's just us girls. Okay, that's not what she said. She said, until the end of time, it's you and I. You and me, but whatever. I'm not going to get all grammary. That's not why she's a D-bag. She's a D-bag because she photoshopped her daughter's eyes to be blue. Yeah. What? Yes. Oh, God. Yes! Uh, Okay, so she photoshopped her, how old is true? Like, not, like a year, 18 months. Uh, And her mother, Khloe Kardashian, photoshopped her eyes. Oh, wow, she did. To be blue. And they look creepy, first of all. Yeah, and also you can real. tell she has changed her eye color because she does not have. Well, yeah. Ew. Isn't oh my that god. Awful? Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so are you on the Instagram photo? Yep. yep. Like on Instagram.com. Uh, no, I'll go. Please right go now. there immediately. Okay. 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 Are you there? Yep. Okay. Now it's a slideshow. Can you go to the second photo? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. The one of her. Yes, it's so blatant. And then the third photo shows her with her actual. Eye color. Yeah, but those eyes aren't real. Like, something is wrong. I think what happened is Khloe Kardashian is using a filter. She did, like, a red eye filter. Well, and it's a filter, and then it's applied to all the human eyes in the photograph. This is so... But that's so wrong. I mean, that is a child that's an 18-month-old child. And, Khloe, if you want to filter your own face, go be my guest. Yeah, but do is, not try. And here's why. Here's really seriously why. And I'm being very serious about this because we talk about this all the time about how the the young Kardashian offspring are going to look at themselves in the mirror and not look anything like their mothers because their mothers don't have any of their original parts. And then what does that do to their brain when they go? What am I supposed to think about myself? But now, now it's the eye color. So she was born with these beautiful brown eyes. She's a gorgeous child. And when she looks in the mirror, 
And then these pictures that her mother posted of her where she photoshopped her face. And what is well, that going to tell her about just, herself? I'm going to raise something kind of uncomfortable, which I don't know that I have the expertise to raise. Certainly the experience I don't. But uh, do it. She has a biracial child. Yes. And I just feel like that is I, I yes. would be very careful. Yes. In changing the look of my child. Yes. Such that my child would grow up feeling as though my like my biology, my is, biology wrong. is wrong. Yes. Also, go to like old photos of Chloe Kardashian. Oh, I mean, like I have fallen down that her rabbit eyes, hole like, a hundred times. She, she, her eyes are not that color, so she needs to. It's stop. it is bizarre. Like, have your own insecurities. Like, if you want to do that and like deal with it yourself, yeah. Go to your own, you know, whether it's a therapist or a surgeon or whatever it is you need to do to get yourself in your right place. But do not impose that on your child. Because even if you're not imposing it on your child, they are paying attention. Trust that. Yeah, whether you like and no matter how much you think you're protecting your child from your own superficiality. Yeah, you're not. You're just not. I lost my stuff when I saw that picture. I just was like, nope. So there you go. Chloe, D-bag. Chloe, go away. Uh, good news. We're not done with D-bags. No, we have a D-bag double down. <laughs> We're going to have a D-bag double down after this. Grab your top Okay, well, we had more D-bags. Uh, we couldn't fit them all. We couldn't squeeze them all in one little segment. So we had so some many. overflow. We had some spillover. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Okay, well, here. The Heine Col- lady <laughs> just said spillover. Stop. It's the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. We got some more D-bag for you. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the day. It's a double down. I'm glad you actually (laughs) that intro again with Lord and Lady D-Bag because there's some royals in here. I just would like to go after all the celebrities. All of them. Yeah, so today's kind of just a broad paintbrush. Actually, okay, not all of them, but what is it lately with celebrities coming to one another's defense? Like, I mean, nonstop. In fact, today I finally saw three headlines in a row and I was like, you guys, seriously, you need to be defended? Really? Some of the most powerful, privileged people in the universe need to have other powerful and privileged people speak up for them. Speak up on their behalf because they're not capable of doing it. It's ridiculous. Okay, so where do I begin? First, I will start with Hillary Clinton. And normally I don't get political. It's not about politics. But Hillary Clinton is defending Meghan Markle. Why does she need her to defend her? Amid, amid, rather, inexplicable treatment she's received in the UK tabloids. Now, admittedly, Hillary Clinton been the subject of a few tabloids. In true that, true that. But she would like you to know that she is speaking out in support of Meghan Markle. In a new interview published in the UK newspaper, the Sunday Times, the former first lady and her daughter, by the way, they have a book to sell, are talking about how mistreated um megan and harry are quote i don't want to say the way she's been treated is inex i do want to say rather the way she's been treated is inexplicable now she goes on i'll leave it at that she's coming to megan markle's defense okay 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 
Then I see Meghan Markle can come to her own defense. Kim oh, Kardashian defends Meghan and Harry over press treatment. Excuse me. <laughs> and these are different outlets, by the way, reporting these stories. Speaking at the 2019 Armenia Technology Convention in Yerevan, Armenia, Kim Kardashian says, I think everyone makes their own choices. And I think, like I said, no one's perfect. I'm not. Megan and Harry aren't. I don't know who is. Okay. Okay, so she is coming to the defense of Meghan and Harry. Then I open the newspaper as I'm having my croissant and morning coffee at the kitchen table. I mean, bury the lead. You had a newspaper. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. No, I was actually trying to pretend that I lived like, you know, somebody 20 years ago. Um, Elton John defends Ellen DeGeneres over her friendship with George W. Bush. And then I will say that uh, Elton John, this is not the first celebrity he's come to the defense of. In fact, whether it's Ellen or whether it's Meghan and Harry. Yeah, I was just going to say he came to their defense as well. Why do we need to have celebrities? Like when I read those stories, I'm like, I mean, because it implies that there's something that needs to be addressed and that this celebrity is going to use their power and position and privilege to say something that needs to be said. Okay, so I'm going to like... I I don't disagree with you, but I just I feel like if we take a step back, there's like a bunch of stuff going on here. Number one, there's like the fact that we have social media now, which makes everybody think that everybody cares about their opinion. Yeah. Right. So that's like a a place where that's fertile ground for standing up for other celebrities, Mm -hmm. whether it's by posting your own thoughts about what's going on with them or commenting on their posts in such a way that you end up getting attention, right? So then you're piggybacking on them. That's the second thing that I think is going on is that celebrities love to elevate their own profile by tagging along to the hardships of others. To that point, yes, that's exactly what's going on here because let me point out with each of these stories, Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton selling a book. Elton John selling a book, selling a book. Kim Kardashian getting attention at the Armenia Technology Convention. I was going to say, like, it's it's a Monday. Yeah, but but so I think there's also that going on. The other thing I think that's going on is that uh, interviewers suck so bad oftentimes that they are too lazy to come up with questions that actually apply to the celebrity they're talking to. And so they'll ask them to weigh in on something that's going on with somebody else thinking like, Oh, that person might have something to say. Wouldn't you just do the thing that this is what I would do. Celebrities don't make me show you how How to to do do it it right. Because I will. You're on notice. 
Ask me a question, reporter. Uh, okay, wait. I'm going to need a little bit more specific. About Megan and anything. Harry. Oh, okay. I mean, to, to okay. make your point. Yep. So okay, ask the so lazy about question. That. Okay, so, um, you know, Bradley, you're in the public eye. What are your thoughts on how Megan and Harry are handling the scrutiny that they've had uh, in the media? Um, I think they're doing just fine. I mean, they seem to have the ability to speak for themselves. If, you know, someone is concerned with the way they're being treated, I imagine they'll say something about that. Next question. Yeah. Can we talk about me now? Yeah. I'm here to sell a book. Would you like to read my book? Yeah. I I do think you're right. All of those points are absolutely right. I just wish that celebrities would stop taking the bait because what they're doing is trying to get attention by using someone else. Right. I totally get that. But for what purpose? To make you... Because here's, I think, what the effect of all of this is, and this is why it's frustrating... Again, if you're just joining us, celebrities who run to the defense of other celebrities. That narrative to me in this day and age increasingly sounds more and more privileged yep. and unrelatable to the world that we live in. Because I would like you to do me a favor. Would you please look out that window? Yeah. What's going on out there? Uh, it's sunny. But it's cold. And there's a giant dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't see it. It was <laughs> Warm hiding. Your hands by it was it. hiding. But yes, why oh, I do you, see the flames. Why wouldn't you use your voice to say, actually, I think Megan and Harry will be just fine because they have thousands of years of history behind them and millions upon millions of dollars in pounds to spend managing their press yeah. Um, image. Yeah. There's a climate crisis. Uh-huh. There's, I mean, pick one of a hundred things. Don't, I don't disagree with you at all. And I actually think, unfortunately, like the tragedy of it is less in that they're answering those questions because I think they've always, celebrities have always answered questions that have been presented to them. It is more, I'm going to put some of the fault, at least 50% of it, on the tabloid media who grab onto that stuff and know that that'll sell their ta- their tabloids as well. It'll get clicks for them, right? So, for example, when Ellen, you know, got herself, we're not going to make it political, but when she drew the attention of uh, the public... yeah. For sitting beside uh, someone who many people believe she shouldn't be sitting beside. Bush. Thank you. I'll say it. I'm uh, she, um, she spoke up herself. She said, here's what I did and here's why I did it. Yeah. And, you know, people either agreed or disagreed. And we could have all moved on with our lives. But what ended up happening is celebrities started through social media, through uh, other channels yeah. weighing in on it and then it gets attention yeah and then it brings the focus and and they're all eating it up with a spoon yeah, i totally understand why and the, the motivation it's just ridiculous i just think it's a dumb use of your time and if you if that's the fight you want to have you're just going to look like a boob and at some point you're going to get egg on your face because you're going to come running to the defense of a person and it will be clear now with ellen it's a little bit different because it is you know it it veers into a political conversation. Right. I guess there are probably political conversations you could attach to Meghan and Harry, but I think that's just more... That story separately seems to me the one that people always go to, which is, um, you know, poor Meghan and Harry. I am not concerned about Meghan and Harry. Right. One iota, nor should I be. But the Ellen conversation, like, again, Ellen is a grown-ass woman. She made her point. You can lump it or like it, and you're certainly entitled to have your opinion whether she's right or wrong. But the act of like d- coming down from Mount Olympus to like s- 
to, you know, tell us why Ellen should be defended because of, you know, um, or not defended based on that seems totally like tone deaf yeah. to the time in which we live. It would make sense 20 years ago, right? When there was not like the ability for us all to have our own opinions and thoughts and feelings out loud and in public and social media. Right. Right. And and social media also has a tendency to like create and sustain this group think. So when one celebrity speaks out in support of or against something another celebrity is doing, yeah. everybody starts to jump on board. Right. So um, it's just really I feel like it's refreshing that we have it all figured out. I mean, noon to three, Monday through Friday, every yeah. darn week of the year. You might you might show up at noon and not know what's going on by the end of our show you better you got yourself all figured out Mm -hmm. when we come back on the colleen and bradley show okay something happened at 6 55 this morning via text that i gotta sort out uh and i'm gonna need it was not a text i'll tell you what my 6 55 a.m text said after this on the colleen and bradley show my talk 107 one Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.